Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Let's get right into today's episode. All right, so we got a loaded college football weekend for you. This weekend is going to be so great. There's going to be so many big games on. So many ranked teams are going to be tested. Some are more than likely going to be beaten. So let's get right into previewing this week's college football slate. All right, so there's a lot of previews to get to with college football. I also want to briefly discuss two other things going on in college football. The first was the rankings. We've got the first batch of college football playoff rankings on Tuesday. The official one's the committee. We get a taste for what the committee values in these rankings. I didn't think it was the end of the world, the rankings. Some people were really upset about it. Different areas. I will say the part that stuck out to me more than anything was the fact that Oklahoma was behind Texas. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous given the fact that they played on the field. People can say all they want to. I understand that Texas is a better team. People can say all they want to that Texas is the better team. If they played again, Texas would win. And we might even get to see that maybe in the Big 12 Championship. But regardless of what we think, regardless of what the recruiting tells us, regardless of what the rankings tell us, regardless of what their strength of schedule tells us, if there are two one-loss teams that you're pitting up against one one another to determine which one should be ranked higher, and the one team has a win over the other team, I think that should carry the day. I don't think that's a very hard thing to figure out. We can say all we want to what was determined on the last play of the game. It was a fluke. I don't care if Oklahoma won that game on a Hail Mary. The point is, they won the game. The results on the field have to matter. If they don't matter, then why even play the games? Why even... Why does head-to-head even matter? I understand certain scenarios you can't just go by head-to-head. Because, and, and Reese Davis pointed this out on the Pat McAfee show, you can't just... And he pointed out, if you have four teams and each team beat the other one, then you can't just go by head-to-head because maybe Team A beat Tim, Team B, but Team C beat Team A and Team B beat Team C, right? I understand that. But in this specific scenario... Oklahoma, Texas, both have one loss. The difference is Texas's one loss is to Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma should have been higher. Regardless, I didn't think it was the end of the world because I think it would play itself out. The other story was the fact that Ohio State was number one. Now, people did not like it. They specifically did not like it because the teams that were ranked at two and three were the last two teams to beat Ohio State. To what I say to that is, are we grading... 2023 or are grading 2022 or grading 2021 this is supposed to be this season the other thing i would say is yes i think georgia michigan have looked more impressive than ohio state i think they have dominated teams in ways that ohio state has not dominated their opponents with that being said i can also look at the resume and respect it no matter what they did i wouldn't if they would have had Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. If they would have had Michigan 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. If they would have had Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, or Michigan 1, 
Ohio State two, Georgia three. Whatever they would have had it, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But I respect the fact that they respect the results on the field, at least for that case, right? At least for that, for those teams. Maybe not for the rest of the playoffs. But anyway, it doesn't matter that much. First of all, there's still plenty of time. It's going to play itself out. And I do not have a problem with the committee doing this because we say all the time, well, the, the, all they we talk. If there's a specific team, we say, well, they just don't play anybody. They just play cupcakes all year. And then we have a team like Ohio State that schedules Notre Dame. No, it, it's not the hardest. It's not like they played an absolute gauntlet or anything like that. But it's not an easy schedule. And I'm not trying to say that I think Georgia or Michigan could have went to South Bend and, and won that game too. No disrespect to Notre Dame. They're a good team. But the point is they didn't do that. And people are like, well, wait, wait, wait. Georgia had Oklahoma scheduled. Okay. And I'm not I'm not saying it's their fault, but they didn't do that. They did not play Oklahoma at the end of the day. Whatever the reason was, they did not play Oklahoma. So it's and, and by the way, like I said, it is currently November third as I am recording this. It will play itself out. And you heard them talk about that on the show. It's going to play itself out. There's no reason to be upset if you're any of these teams. Georgia, if they went out, they, they're going to be fine. Ohio State, if they went out, they'll be fine. Michigan, if they went out, obviously that all three of them can't win out. But Georgia or Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other. Georgia still has a gauntlet. It's going to play itself out. Now, before a preview tomorrow's games, there's one other story that I would like to get to. The Jim Harbaugh story. Okay, so I'm sure we've heard it. The I, I, I have been reluctant to talk about it simply because of the fact that I do not know enough about the topic. What do I mean by that? It's not that I don't know what was going on. But for me to say, well, I think Jim Harbaugh or Michigan should be suspended or they should be or they should vacate this many wins from them. I do not know enough about the topic to then present what I think, not that it matters what I say anyway for what they're going to do, but I don't know enough about it to say what I think should be done to Michigan in terms of a discipline or punishment. Now, I will tell you, based off what I have seen, other people who do know what they're talking about with this say, is that it kind of happens a lot. Maybe not to the extent Michigan is doing it, but it kind of happens a lot. And so, I, I will say this as well. It does not affect my view of what Michigan has done these past couple of seasons. Now, maybe some more information will come out. I don't know. But in, in terms of what has come out, it, it does not make me think they would not have beaten the teams that they've beaten, including Ohio State. So, I know there's video. The video of Connor Stallions on Central Michigan's sideline did I, I will say when I saw that 
if it it's truly him. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. Like I said, I'm saying I really don't know a lot about this topic. Not that I haven't researched it, but I just no matter where I read one page and the article says it's 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 shameful, it's ridiculous, and then I read somewhere else and they're like, yeah, this happens all the time. So I, I don't I don't know what to think about it in terms of punishment. But right now, my very uh, basic opinion of it, if you want to call it that, is that it doesn't change the way I feel about Michigan, what they've done the past couple of seasons. I don't think they should be vacant wins. I don't think they should be kept from the college pro playoff. And uh, unless more information comes out, and and it and it's like really ridiculous information. Then it may maybe it would change my opinion on it, but I and maybe maybe I'm completely wrong and I am and I'm just sounding like an idiot right now. But regardless, I'm telling you that's how I feel right now. And not that it matters how I feel about the topic. What's going to happen? It's going to happen with it. But I, I'm just saying, like, I I do feel. And maybe this is unfair to say, but it's just my gut feeling about it. I think the because it's Jim Harbaugh, because it's Michigan, it is getting pushed harder than if it wasn't. Now, people aren't going to like that I just said that. But if it was Alabama, Georgia, there would be a lot of fans upset, certainly. Not trying to make that case. I will say, I don't think the media would be that upset. Do you really think that a lot of people are going to go on TV and call Nick Saban a cheater like they would Jim Harbaugh? Do you think people would say about Kirby Smart? I personally don't think they would. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I do think there is an element to this where it's getting blown way out of proportion. And I'm going to stop talking about it so I don't sound dumb because, like I said, I'm not an expert on the topic of sign stealing or how much it goes on or anything like that. All right, let's move on to some previews. There is going to be an upset this weekend. It just it, it looks like it's bound to happen. I would be shocked if you go to Vegas right now, or not Vegas, but if you go to wherever you bet, and you look at the lines for all these games and the favorites, Alabama by three over LSU, Georgia by 15 and a half over Missouri, Washington by three, the last time I checked, by three over USC. I'd be shocked if we come, if all of those favorites and it comes Monday and they all won. Maybe they will. I, I th- even even Oklahoma State, uh, six and a half point dogs to Oklahoma. I have a hard time believing all those favorites are going to hold up. There's going to be an upset. Now, where we can take our best guess, but there's going to be one, in my opinion. This is going to be an epic week in college football because the fact that. There are a lot of teams, so let me try to give an example of this. 
Alabama LSU is a perfect example. So Alabama and LSU, Alabama's got one loss, LSU has two. LSU is arguably still in the race, Alabama certainly is still in the race. They are both fighting for their season. If LSU loses, they're done. If Alabama loses, they're two-loss team with two home losses. And more than likely will not make their conference championship because then it would be LSU representing their division in the SEC championship. The desperation they're both going to play with is going to be awesome. The USC-Washington game. Washington's undefeated, unblemished. USC's got two losses. USC might not be in the playoff rates. They might be, but they're fighting for for their season, for their lives. They're fighting for... They're fighting basically to, to stop all the, the chaos and the mess that people are saying their program is in. And also, they got Oregon next week, and they're probably not going to win that game. Washington is kind of going to be a little bit relaxed. I'm not saying they're going to be relaxed, but I will say this. USC, I expect, and if if this is not the case, I'd be surprised, will go into that game with a lot more desperation than the Huskies will. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is desperate now because they have a loss, but Oklahoma State, this is the final bedlam. It's going to be an epic weekend, uh, and all these games are going to be played with desperation. I cannot wait to watch them. So let's start off uh, with the first one. Georgia, Missouri. This is the one game that I actually, no disrespect to Missouri, I think they're a good team. Where they have come, where their program has, from where the program has been the past couple of, not last couple, for the for a long time where the program has been, where they have come to, you know, they could still potentially make a New Year's Six Bowl if they lose this, which would be outstanding for the Tigers. But right now, if you're listening to this and you're a Missouri fan, you're like, you don't even think about Missouri. You don't even think about New Year's Six Bowl. You're thinking about the playoffs. Obviously, if you want to represent the SEC in the playoff, you have to take out the the... SEC champion, the reigning SEC champion, the reigning two-time national champion in the Georgia Bulldogs at home. Listen, that's going to be really hard to do. Vegas has this as a 15.5 point spread. I think Missouri could cover. With that being said, I just do not see the Tigers going in between the hedges and winning that game. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to bet on Kirby Smart. No disrespect, no disrespect to Missouri. They are they are certainly going in the right way. They're certainly going in the right direction, but I'm going that's the one game. In all these other games, I have picks and I'm going with some favorites and everything like that, but that's the one game that if the underdog won, I would be absolutely shocked. The other ones, I think it would be a somewhat of a surprise maybe if an underdog won. But it, it wouldn't be like a shock. Like if Missouri went into between the hedges and they won, that would be the story of the day. And it, it could happen. But I, I'm going to pick Georgia. I'd be shocked if Missouri wins that game. Let's move on to the next big game. USC and Washington. This is going to be a game that is going to be an absolute 
uh, light up the scoreboard kind of game. An absolute shootout. I'd be surprised if it wasn't a shootout. It wouldn't shock me whoever won, but something tells me Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, they are going to be ready to go in this game. First of all, they are coming off a three-week stretch that has been the worst of Caleb's career. Maybe not even necessarily on the stat sheet, but as but more so in just terms of narrative around him. He first he lost to Notre Dame and he had that interaction with the fan, which wasn't his fault. I'm not trying to say it was his fault, but then he kind of has that press conference. Referring to himself as a lion, which look, it's not the end of the world. I I, I don't think it's gonna make uh, GM not draft a number one overall. It was a little, it was a little much. I think there may have been a better way to handle that. But regardless, it's probably been the worst three week stretch of his career in terms of narrative, and it certainly has been the worst three week stretch of Lincoln Riley's coaching career since he became a head coach. Look, he's had. Some upset losses that haven't been good. But you got to think about this. Ever since he became the head coach of Oklahoma, all every, all anyone's talked about is, so look at the Heisman quarterbacks he's producing. Look at the number one overall picks he's producing. It's all true. But the other thing is he still has yet to win a playoff game. And you just sort of get the sense that now the media, the fans are kind of like, okay, it's great that you're doing all these, it's great that you're producing all these Heisman quarterbacks, but... We got to start having some success at the highest level. And to be quite honest, he has not produced that yet. So I'm picking USC in this game. It's going to be an epic game. All right, let's go to this one. The last Bedlam. I always, always loved Bedlam. There have been... It's just been one of those... It's one of those series that when it's on when the game is on it's it's typically not necessarily I'm trying to think of how I could phrase this like it's a rivalry in which you know when there's Ohio State and Michigan on that's like 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 all season multiple week buildup uh Alabama Auburn is the same thing it's not that type of rivalry but when you think of some of the games and moments that you remember in this in this series in the Bedlam series they are some of the crazier finishes and types of games that you will see typically a shootout typically Mike Gundy throws the kitchen sink at the Sooners and I, I something about this game just and Mike Gundy has has talked about this. The fact of the matter is, Oklahoma is leaving the Big Twelve and Texas, but I, I'm focusing on Oklahoma because that's who they're playing and that's their rival. Oklahoma is leaving the Big Twelve, and and they're essentially saying, "Look, we have just outgrown this conference that you're in." That's like that's like being in a home. That that's like that's like being in a house with someone, and uh, they say to you, "Look, I just I have outgrown this mediocre small house. I need to go to I need, I I need a mansion." 
and and they say that to you and even though it's not like a direct shot at you it kind of is right because you're you're living in the house you're like oh what's wrong with the house that we're living in and they're like yeah uh i need i i need an i need a mansion that's like living with a friend and they, and they say that to you and so that's basically what oklahoma did oklahoma state now i don't discredit Oklahoma for doing that. I think moving the SSU is the right move. But in Oklahoma State's mind and Mike Gundy's mind, that's basically what they're saying. And so Mike Gundy has a chance one last time at home to take them down in, in, in the last bedlam, which I've always loved this series. I'm kind of sad that it's going away. But he has a chance to take them down one more time before they head out for the SEC, as Kansas did. Kansas took advantage of their opportunity. Will Oklahoma State do the same? And it would kind of be extra sweet because, in essence, you're kind of eliminating from playoff competition as well. Something just tells me Mike Gundy is going to really, as he always does, but the players are going to be fired up. They're going to be, it's their last bedlam. He's going to really throw the kitchen sink. Something, I, I, I would rarely pick a six and a half point underdog. I tell you, if I was betting on this game, I would take Oklahoma State plus six and a half. But if you are feeling a little bit confident or a little more risky, I, I would want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I don't think it's a terrible bet. In my opinion, I don't think it's a terrible bet. Oklahoma State is just absolutely playing good football right now. And Oklahoma's coming off a loss where they couldn't find their footing. Kansas threw the kitchen stick at them. Look what they look where it got them. They got a win before Oklahoma Ducks for the SEC. Will Oklahoma State do the same in the last bedlam? I think they will. All right, let's move on to the next game. Alabama LSU. I think, in my opinion, this game's kind of the headliner because there's more at stake than just this season for Alabama, in my opinion. So if you're Brian Kelly, and, and and also for LSU, but let me explain what I mean. So first of all, if you're Brian Kelly, you kind of have to think to yourself that the fans, they're not upset. I, I wouldn't use the word upset, but in Baton Rouge, they got high expectations. Just like they do in Columbus, just like they do in Tuscaloosa, just like they do in Athens, just like they do in Ann Arbor. They have high expectations. And Brian Kelly, when he came in his first year, and he got that win against Alabama, and everyone went crazy. But then remember, they went to Texas A&M, and Devon, uh, Devon A-Chain, who's currently with the Miami Dolphins, just went off on them and basically ended their season, giving them a third loss. Now, they would have had a still beat Georgia in the SEC Championship if they won that game anyway, which probably wasn't going to happen. But regardless... When that happened, I think everybody was kind of like, man, that was a good first season, but it was just a little bit bitter because of the the strange losses. But then you thought he was going to clean that up. So then he comes into this year, week one, kind of gets dominated by Florida State, and everyone's like, oh, don't tell me this is going to happen again. And then they suffer another loss at the hands of Ole Miss. Now, it turns out Ole Miss is a pretty good football team, but you suffer another loss in the hands of Ole Miss. And so... Brian Kelly, this whole year, the whole narrative that LSU fans, because you know LSU fans are going to be talking about him, can be 
swung in one direction or the other depending on this game. If you lose this game, fans aren't going to be happy with it. That's going to be three losses in the second year when you're supposed to grow. That's going to be failing to reach the SEC championship. And it's actually going to be worse than your first year because you're not going to beat Alabama. And you're going to have a loss to Florida State again and a loss to Ole Miss, which fans feel you shouldn't have had. But if you beat Alabama... Fans are going to, you beat Alabama two years in a row, and this time at home, you think fans are going to complain about you? So it's going to be crazy. And for Alabama, I would like to say this really quick. I keep on seeing all these things from Alabama fans, and they say, everyone is just trying to end our dynasty. Everyone is trying to end it. They, they just want it to be over, so they're trying to end it. And to which I would say, I'm not, there are people that want it to be over. I'm not saying that. But based off what I've seen, the majority of people aren't trying to end your dynasty. But I do think, and you're still you're still going to be one of the premier programs in college football. You're still going to win a bunch of games. You're still going to be in title contention. Probably win a couple of national titles. I'm not questioning that. What I am saying, though, is if I took a time machine, I went to 2020 when you guys were Almost as good, if not better, than the 2019 LSU team. And I know it was the COVID year, but you guys were like one of the best teams. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones. You guys had a crazy surplus of weapons. Crazy surplus of talent. And I said, hey, just so you know, next year, you're going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Or you're going to lose to Georgia in the national championship game. You 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 probably wouldn't have believed it because Georgia had yet to beat you, but it wouldn't be like the most shocking thing. And then I said, oh, just you know, the next year after that, you're gonna lose to Tennessee. You would have been pretty shocked off that alone. And then you're gonna lose to LSU in the same year, and you're gonna miss the playoff. And then I said, the year after that, you're going to lose to Texas at home, and then you're gonna lose. This is if it happens in the game. You're going to lose to LSU at home in the same year, back-to-back years. And I said, if that happens, do you think it's a decline from where you were? You would have undoubtedly said, yes, that's a decline. But then, now that we say it, you say, oh, well, you know, you guys just want the dynasty to be over. I'm not writing Alabama off as a program. I'm not writing off Nick Saban. If they lose tomorrow, I'll write them off for this year. I think that's only fair. I'm not writing them off. I'm saying there is a difference between being a great football team and having a dynasty. Alabama has made the transition from dynasty to great football team. No shame in being a great football team. A lot of te- there's, there's a lot of teams out there that would love to be a great football team. No, you're still a great program. You still have a chance to win the title. What I'm saying is the years of back-to-back titles, the years of a title every third year, I think those are over. I think it's going to be harder. I think now the SEC is expanding. And if you lose tomorrow, two home losses in a row and a back-to-back loss, back-to-back losses to LSU, and then next year you have to go to Death Valley again. I I just, I personally think that is a telltale sign. It's not like the end of the world. It's not like Alabama's going downhill in terms of like, I I don't think you're going to have four losses, 
But I do think it's going to... I just don't... I think the dynasty is over. Again, there's a difference between dynasty and great football team. The Rangers just run a World Series. They're, they were a great baseball team. They're not a dynasty. Even the Chiefs, I don't think, are a dynasty yet. So I do think the dynasty is over. I don't think Alabama being a great football team or winning national championships is over. That is, that's all I'm saying. And so, with that being said, the team I'm picking for tomorrow, again, I, so if you listen to my podcast at the beginning of this year, I said my four playoff picks were Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama. And I said because I think Ohio State and Michigan are going to be undefeated when they play each other, and I think the loser will have a chance to sneak in. And then Georgia and Alabama will play each other, and I think Georgia will get in no matter what because I think they'll go undefeated. And I said I think I th- I'm just betting on Alabama because they're Alabama. And I said, I said, look, if the hill I die on is betting for Nick Saban and Alabama doing poorly, I will die on that hill. And I said that going into the Texas game, and they lost. And now against. What I probably should not do, betting against Alabama, I am going to pick LSU because the matchup, I think Jaden Daniels is going to go off. And if he does, Alabama will win, and I will be wrong, and I'll admit I'm wrong. But I just, I think LSU wins this game. I think LSU wins this game. Now, like I said, so I'm picking... USC, I'm picking a lot of upsets outside of Missouri. I'm picking USC to take down Washington. I'm picking Oklahoma State to take down Oklahoma. And I'm taking LSU over Alabama. How will it play out? I could be wrong on all of them. I'm taking Georgia over Missouri. But um, we will see what happens. But have a great weekend of college football. Uh, have a, uh, Enjoy it. It's going to be a loaded slate. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.